we are live. How you doing, everybody? And Pete, how you doing? I'm here. Okay, hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to the John Riley Project, and we got a special treat today. Pete Neal is going to join us here in the podcast studio, and we're going to really explore his adventure in Pahrump. I was there with him. Our adventure. Our adventure. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I'm also excited because we got the I got my Mevo camera back, live streaming, so it's zooming in and out. I'm kind of my techno geek is kind of kicking in, but Pete. How you doing? I'm well. Well, well. I, I, I'm. I prepped up for this podcast. This is not a. <laughs> this is not a spur of the moment podcast for me. I've been practicing for days. <laughs> <laughs> Just going over in your mind over yeah, and over what again. What do I want to talk about? What do I want to not talk about? Right. I mean, this is this has got some deep ramifications to it. It does. So, um, yeah. You want me to start, or do you want to start? Well, let, yeah, let me just tee it up. Do you do your end? Okay, so so, anyways, um, and I've been talking about this on the podcast recently that you know Pete races his car, a Corvette Calypso, and kind of looks like the one we have here on the on the uh, on our table um, with the, with the COVID mask with the COVID mask, of course. Safe she's she's only six. Yeah. Yeah, she hasn't gotten vaccinated yet, no, right? No. So, anyways, we we went. He, he planned on racing his Corvette at the Spring Mountain Motor Speedway in Pahrump, Nevada. Correct. And he had raced there before. And he asked me, "Hey, John, do you want to join me?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. That sounds great. I think we can have some fun." And and I I met Pete there. The, what was the last Friday night? Um, a week ago tonight. Correct. And we um, met and had something to eat and chit chatted. And then next morning. Here we go. Bright 30. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bright 30. I was on the track. John showed up shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. But I had already gone through. The biggest hesitation I had was the car checkout. There was no question I was going to get signed in okay. I'd already talked to the people that were organizing the track, and I had solidified my position into the novice group. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the beginners. Okay. Right? But I wasn't in the intermediate either. They wanted to put me in the intermediate. But I said, no. I said, I'd rather stay in the novice group. And I didn't tell them why. Because in the intermediate group, the cars were starting to show up on trailers. These were not <laughs> people's yeah. everyday cars like Calypso is. Right. So I didn't want to be against any vehicles out there where they mm-hmm. didn't give a damn about their car. And, well, you know, well, so. well I, I was just joking. It's like you're sandbagging, right? You know, you're playing at a grade below where you should be. But some of those cars that I saw that were on, you know, they're clearly brought on trailers. They, they mm-hmm. weren't street legal cars. No. No. Um, these cars were something. I mean, you could tell this was, well, just like you, it was their pride and joy. Yep. And it's a, it's, it's a, you know, gear addiction syndrome, right? They, they're fixing up every little thing to get it tricked out. It's their love and passion, just like it is for you. It's, it's, you know, different people have different things that they get into. And you can see how they progress, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you saw a, a Fiat there, right? Yeah. <laughs> you could not identify the Fiat. That was a 1953 Fiat. But it was... Tricked out. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. This guy had put a lot of love and care into that Fiat. And, I mean, he could keep pace with everybody else there on the track. Wow. All right. But, as I said, I got signed in with no issues, got in the group, no issues. Mm-hmm. But the car has to go through an inspection. 
Right. You know, they check for leaks. They check this. They check that and everything. And I was sweating like bullets, the tires on my car. Because <laughs> yeah. they were – these are the tires that I put on the car before uh, – what would you call that trip across country I did? The Mission Across America. Mission Across America. That's yeah. it. The other podcast. Folks, yeah, yeah. Know, that was podcast, a good one. The podcast of Mission Across America. So they got 20,000 miles on them. A set of tires that normally goes about 17 to 20. Right. But it's all been low mileage since COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So I said, do I really want to put two grand into the tires right now on top of the entry fees and everything else? Yeah, that's a, a big nut. It's going to be an expensive birthday present. Yeah, <laughs> right, know? yeah. So I said, no, I'm going to go. I took it over to Discount Tire. They measured them. I was at a three, mm-hmm. which is plenty of tread. You're not down to the wear mark yet. And uh, I said, okay, a three should be okay. And I just... I didn't go anywhere with Calypso for two weeks before. <laughs> I mean, it was back and forth to Walmart, and that was it, you know. But uh, and then the three hundred mile trip up to Pahrump—that's this map here. Okay, that we traveled all the way up through the through the Cajon Pass out into the. De- I love the desert. Yeah, great drive. <laughs> it is a fabulous ride. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on up into Pahrump. And uh, I met you there Friday night. So yeah. Now I don't know why you like Perum. I, I don't. I mean, it's just I went there one time just to get away, like mm-hmm. a COVID escape, mm-hmm. and they had some inexpensive Airbnbs, and it was in a different state, so it qualified as somewhere else, right? Okay. And then I went a second time just because the first time worked out so great for me. Mm-hmm. And I figured I would never be going back to Pahrump in 100 years until you contacted me and said, hey, John, let's go to Pahrump. <laughs> <laughs> so three times, like in six, actually in about nine months, I've gone to Pahrump. Three times in nine months. Who would have thought? You got to be careful, though, about how you describe that in mixed company. Yeah. I, I, I love Seeing the reactions of a group of people when I mention Pahrump, Nevada, <laughs> because the facial expressions you get off the two the genders, male mm-hmm. and female, is remarkable. Well, it's it's a it's you know, a it's a um, a goofy name, right? <laughs> but it, it's what Pahrump represents. Yeah, it's where all the hooker houses were. Well, so the females know this. Yeah, and if they if you say you've been to Pahrump. They get this smile on their face, all right? The guys, if they're in front of females that they care about, will get very concerned right, right. off the bat, you know, <laughs> and they will try to dodge the bullet. Right. You know. But so Pahrump has that reputation. Now, it's gone away mm-hmm. with, you know, Nevada legalizing the things that they've done. Um, yeah, you don't have to go to Pahrump anymore, you know. <laughs> But, you know, what, but when I hear about Pahrump, I mean, seriously, I don't think of that. I think of Art Bell. I'm a sailor. Okay. You're, okay. <laughs> you're a sailor. Okay. I got you. Yeah. The classic, you know, drunken sailor on a binge kind of thing. Right. But forgive me for that. But um, I think of Art Bell 
and, you know, the late night radio guy that talked about aliens and ancient religions. And he broadcasted from his home in Pahrump in the kingdom of Nye, which is the county, Nye right, County. Right. And so that has always stuck with that's, me. That's you. Yeah. Um, and, but, the, but that's your thing with the podcasting and everything. I mean, this is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but anyways. Yeah. So Pahrump is, is an interesting city because it's it's southern Nevada, but it's not Vegas. Right. Okay. And so you still have a lot of, you know, people that live in Pahrump live there for a reason, right? Because they want to kind of be away from it all. Mm -hmm. They like the isolation. Um, it's definitely uh, politically, it's Trump country. There's any question about that. No, no uh, doubt. And, it, you know, everyone's got like, you know, not everyone, but many people have larger lots. There's a lot of manufactured homes. There's some brand new homes that are being built. And I think for a time, there was a lot of Californians moving to Pahrump, and real estate prices have gone up quite a bit there. Mm -hmm. But it's still a lot cheaper than Vegas. Um, but there's definitely a gritty, like, edge to Pahrump, mm -hmm. especially through the main drag. Gritty is right. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's white with desert dirt. Yeah, you know. it is. So, but anyways, let, let's go. Let's talk about your adventure with Calypso. Look. We'll you'll, get there. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah, we, hey, we, Mike was on here a little while ago, right? Mm -hmm. Two hours. Okay, so we can go as long as we want. <laughs> and by the way, Mike is like chiming in on the live stream there. Oh, what's he say? He say he says roar, you know, <laughs> because he's the heart of the lion, Mike. Right. And uh, hey, John and Pete. So, uh, Mike, nice to see you out there Good on the live you. stream. And again, we we're live streaming this. That means we're taking your comments and questions. Uh, we got a monitor right here that uh, we can we can yep. see comments. So let them rip. If you want to ask questions about Pete and his adventure in, in Pahrump. You know, type them in on either Facebook or YouTube. All right. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah, just just as a footnote, I've had other friends come out to visit me in Pahrump when I've mm -hmm. uh, I have a friend of mine, Marv, lives in lives in Vegas. And he hated that drive, that one hour drive from Vegas to Pahrump. And I've heard other people complaining. I've never done it. Have you ever done it? I have. Yeah. What's horrible about that road? Um, well, there, there's three sections of it. So if you, let's say you're in Pahrump and you're going to Vegas, because mm -hmm. that's my first time I was on it. The first half of it is just a straight shot through the desert, you know, nothing mm -hmm. going on. Then you have to go over these mountains. I can't remember the name of the mountains, but they're very interesting and they're red rock and it gets like kind of windy and it's a cool drive through the mm -hmm. mountain. But it's, uh, you know, windy road. It might slow down a bit. But on the other side of the mountain, which I guess would be the south side or the eastern side of the mountain, then you drop into the sprawl of Vegas mm. and you land like on a really busy kind of three lanes in each direction road with 3000 stoplights. Oh, and it God. eventually works your way down to the 15 freeway going through that sucks, you okay. know, because, right. and that's the thing with Vegas. It's like when you're on the strip, you know, it's glitzy and, and you know, lights and big city. Mm -hmm. But when you're out like in the residential area of, of Vegas, it's very different. Um, and parts of that, in my opinion, are kind of depressing. Okay. Um, you know, so. Well, that explains Marv's reaction because he said that he came up and visited me when I was going to the school, the driver's school there yeah. on the track. And he he did some videos, so it's on it's on the you know Calypso's webpage. You can cool. see the video that Marv did. And then um, the second trip, Mike Smith 
came up with me, and he was my camera guy. And this time, you were so kind to get some great video Mm -hmm. of Calypso on the track. And I feel so bad about the end of the story. And we'll get there. Okay. Okay. Don't beat yourself up. Uh, But, yeah. (laughs) It was my screw-up. I went there with tires that should have been replaced. Right. And I didn't. But I got my best time ever on the track. Nice. So Good. there is a little bit of satisfaction because I have now figured out the answer to questions one and two of the 10 questions of the bus stop turn. Okay. I know how, at what speed to accelerate to, where to be on the track, and when to hit the brakes. All right. And it was a perfect perfect entry right on well that was the, your main focus that was my main the whole focus. weekend you just wanted to master i wanted to master the bus stop yeah time. all right okay so that's the arrival let me see if i can cue this up and get to the picture that shows the track so you know we have an audio only audience as well pete so i know uh, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be very descriptive Keep that in mind. There we go. There's oh, look at that. Okay, now, Spring Mountain Raceway. There's about a dozen different formations to the racetrack there. I still don't have a good handle on who actually started the racetracks there, mm-hmm. but they are heavily, heavily sponsored by GM and Michelin. Yeah. Okay. You you saw the bridge. Yeah, right. Well, that's a <laughs> huge a Michelin. huge Michelin yeah, sign on yeah. it, right? So that's – I should have known to bring good tires. <laughs> yeah, right, you know? right. The good news is I talked to the Michelin guy. Okay. All right. Uh, after the fact, I had his business card from the last trip up there. I called him and I says, this is what happened. What's the cause? So I've got that and I'll tell Are people. Are you a Michelin it. customer? Yeah. And are you a loyal Michigan uh, Michelin customer? Yes. Yeah. You are. Okay. Because yeah. I know some people are very brand loyal with tires. Uh, I, I will stick with the Michelins. They haven't let me down. And this goes back to the days when I had them on the motorcycle. Oh, wow. They have figured out how. Think thing about a motorcycle is if everybody gets the. That's how much tire is in contact with the road. It's the palm of your hand. Right. And that's it. Yeah. All right. And you're taking turns at 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. You've been, you've been on bikes. Yeah. So depending your life on that amount of surface area for traction is critical. And, and then, yeah. And then when you, when you take that turn, um, the, the, the surface area narrows mm-hmm. in a turn. Well, actually, I'm not, I'm not going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> okay. We'll get into the physics of tires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to do that. But, um, yeah, I've been a loyal Michelin customer since the days of my motorcycle riding. Okay. Very good. And they're now completely over, and that's a separate podcast. Okay. Uh, I'm wearing the Mike Smith shirt. Right, which we've talked about having that conversation. Yep. So that's coming up, I think. Yeah. Okay. It is. All right. We were just waiting for COVID to kind we're of for COVID to go away. So this yeah. is Mike. If you're watching this, 
I'm testing the waters here that we can survive this without dying of COVID. <laughs> we're vaccinated. <laughs> we're ba- we're both vaccinated. Calypso's wearing her mask. We're all set. Right. All Good. Right. All right. So the men's cell course is probably the most intensive use of the roadway. It's a 3.46-mile track. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just about they, – they throw about every trick on the, in the book at you, all right? But they are similar to other turns on other race courses around the country. Okay. The uh, Laguna Seca and the corkscrew at Laguna Seca, I've never lost contact with the earth – Going through the corkscrew at Laguna Seca, mm-hmm. you can very easily, but I have not. But you probably felt your suspension kind of. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're yeah. near you're near negative G's, but right, not quite. Right. Okay. This section of the track, uh, just after a turn, they call ego check. <laughs> All right. Okay. There's a section of the road where if you're doing over seventy miles an hour, it you're going to leave the road. Wow. And it's in the middle of a turn. Whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> so you have to know that before you hit that turn or that section of the road, aim the car for where you want to be on the far side. Right. So when you reland, you'll make contact and make your turn. So that makes apex and apogee takes it to a whole new level. Takes a whole different dimension on it. Yeah, because it's three-dimensional at this point. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, before you get there, you get the clubhouse straight. And that's, it's a little curvy straightaway. Not, not, there's a curve in the middle of the straight. And it's there mostly to appeal to the people who may be watching. So is this like right through here? Yeah, this is the clubhouse straight. Okay. For those of you that are, can't see it. Okay. (laughs) All right. But, um, and then here's ego check right up here. And this is the, I can't remember the name of it now. But this is the straight. This is the section where you lose contact with the pavement. Wow. Okay. That section of the track looks like a like a jellyfish or yeah. something. <laughs> These are interesting turns. There's, you know, a two seventy and a one eighty turn back to back coming off the straight. So you got to be. They're gradual. They're what I call them, courtesy turns. Right. All right. Because you don't have to sweat the apex and apogee that much. You're strictly. How well would the tires adhere to the road can mm-hmm. you maintain traction? And that's why I thought I was in good shape on the warm-up lap when I took – you joined the track right here. Right. So those are the first two turns you take, and I did them with no problem. Nice. And the tires were cold. Right. I just started. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, this is going to work out great. Right. So after the warm-up lap, I got out there and started to get serious about it, and that's when – I noticed I had an issue. All right. So um, I'll get into that. Next next slide. Oh, this little yellow area down here, that's the bus stop turn. That's my That was my objective. That's the one thing because you've got 10 decisions. You're starting here. Between here and here, you've got 10 decisions to make. Wow. And they're rapid fire. That's less than 45 seconds of road time at speed. Well, it's also interesting the way the track is laid out is there's a lot of alternative 
pathways that they can reconfigure the racetrack yeah. depending on what kind of race they want to have. And who, yeah, what type of vehicles out there? Okay, they're uh-huh. gonna they're gonna. This is a resort also. There's people with homes on the track. You want to talk uh, yeah. about people that are over the top? <laughs> Their right. home is on the track. Right. I saw they're like condos, right? <laughs> These are, you know, 3,000 square foot homes. Oh, they are? Oh, yeah. I didn't see those. Yeah. Oh, they're, all, they're all along the back stretch here. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't get out there. Yeah. Yeah. But there's condos in the center. There's That's why you have the two 90s yeah. where they are because in the center of those – they're not 90s, the 180 and the 270. There's condos there. Well, that kind of makes sense, actually, now. If they can package it as a resort, mm-hmm. then the economic model for the racetrack, you know, the sponsors, the housing, it makes a lot more sense now. Oh, yeah. Rather than just being strictly a racetrack, charging fees to drivers, I mean, it would cost you five, ten times the amount, yeah. probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's $4,000 for the day. To yeah. rent the track. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, is it four? I, no. That's, but you didn't spend 4000 no, no. My entry was 400 Right. Because there were, how many cars were out there? It had to be at least 30 or 40 right? Yeah. 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 So, um, anyhow, let me see if I can get this to the next picture. But I'm thinking some people like to live on golf courses, right? But <laughs> Well, this, this is the same, this is the same psyche. Those people yeah. who live on golf courses. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. But 365 days a year, you're on a racetrack. That's you got to be taking gasoline with an IV. Yeah, you know, you just must love the sound of the engines, right? <laughs> At some point, you think that would be a drag. You know, because sometimes think, you want a little peace and quiet. But they don't—they're not running cars out there every day, are they? Pretty much. Really? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can get this thing going here. Next slide. Yeah, here we go. Oops, went up too far. Yeah, I went too far. I wonder if the um, the sponsors like GM and Michelin, if, if part of their sponsorship deal is that they can use the track for testing purposes to bring cars out, prototypes. GM does heavy, and Michelin does heavy there. I mean, the school's there. They've got, you, you saw them parked yeah. there, 25 brand-new Corvettes. Yeah, the Ron Fellow cars, right? The Ron Fellow school. Yeah. Oh, no, damn it. Back. <laughs> I was there. Playlist number three. We're trying to find the photos here so Pete can share. Uh, Is that it? Yeah, that's the one I want to pause on. All right. Right there. That should pause it. Overlaid now onto that course. Damn it. It didn't pause. (laughs) Our audio-only audience is, like, dying right now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay. So, okay. Maybe that'll stay put. All right. So I've overlaid the three successful runs. Okay. All right. Um, So these are all plotted GPS from your car. Yeah, I'm going to get into that here. Mike, stand by. Take notes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I have three different systems in the car. All right. All right. There's the one that comes with the car itself, the OBD2 plug that you plug your diagnostics in to get mm-hmm. all about that. Well, that feeds a little Bluetooth broadcast. Right. Which then feeds um, either my cameras or 
my little phone with a th- program in it called Harry's Lap Timer. Okay. Oh, Harry. Okay. This map is courtesy of Harry's Lap Timer. Oh, nice. Okay. So each dot that you see going around here is a sample point where he was reading data from the engine, from the car, GPS. Oh, and, so he's getting like engine data too. Engine data. Like RPMs and speed. Traction and, data. Traction data. Yeah. Everything that you can get out of the mechanics of a car. How do you get traction data? It's wheel spin. Okay, the wheel spin. Okay, yeah. that, that makes sense. Yeah. There's probably some algorithm when it starts spinning too fast. You, you know, can get all this information up Interesting. There. Okay, right. I get you. So that's overlaid, and I'm, I'm going to bring your attention to this little corner down here. That's right after the bus stop. That's turn 16. You see that's colored purple? Okay, yeah. That's where I lost it. See, I like the color purple, but for you, it's a dangerous color, right? Yeah, well, I, I went in, did the analysis. That's, I colored it to bring it out. Okay. I did it purple just to make you happy. Well, thank you. You're okay. tired of the Calypso blue. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, this is the, the Calypso blue is good, right? Blue is good for you. Yeah. So, so that's where you were losing it. That's where I lost it. But I mean, make, the, you were flying down that straightaway. We'll get to that. Yeah. All right. I was look at the speeds down there, forty one, forty two, thirty eight. Okay. Those are the speeds. And I lost it at forty two. Wow. All right. Now here's the other one. I lost it up there at the ego check. Yeah. I'll get into that specifically. But I bought the options. I bought the Z fifty one option. I bought the limited slip differential. The car comes standard with weather mode, eco mode. Tour mode, sport, which is where I normally drive around Poway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to hear about this from the people of Poway because everybody knows I'm an aggressive driver. And I, oh, that's another thing I want to bring up about Poway drivers. I'm, I'm going to make a special request. Sure. Okay, but I, I, I'm hoping, just as an aside, that we can go for a while here. Because we'll talk all about your adventure, uh-huh. but let's talk about Poway. Let's talk about maybe some other issues. Yep. We'll have some fun. Yep. Okay. So, uh, we're, I lost my thought train. You, you, you distract me with the Poway thing. The sport mode. Oh, and then track. And yeah. then track mode has a couple of different settings for the purpose of setting the traction and how the car suspension is going to respond. So, I was in track two mode. That's... That's what you do on the track. Yeah, makes sense, right? <clears throat> but what happens there is that the limited sub differential takes 100 milliseconds to, to detect that there's an issue and then handle the rear end properly to get you back going again. Mm. 100 milliseconds is a hell of a long time when you're sl- when your back end of your car is coming around on you. It's about to pass you in the driver's seat. So that's a tenth of a second, right, if I'm yeah. doing my math right? Yeah. Okay. So I felt the back end coming around. I go, oh, f- <laughs> you know, I'm about to yeah. go sliding off the track. Yeah. yeah. No. Ah. Limited slip differential c- kicked in, okay? The, the wheel... And the direction I was sliding spun faster. The one on the other side spun down. Oh. The car straightened itself, and I exited fine. So I'm self-correcting. Self-correcting. That's cool. That's why you pay for a Corvette. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because it's doing this stuff for you. All right. All right. 
10 years ago, that wouldn't have existed. I would have been off the track. Yeah, yeah, okay. right. This is all new technology, driverless cars. Okay. Is there going to be a day when this will be the biggest slot car track on the face <laughs> of the earth? I don't know. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I lost it there. I lost it at Ego Check. But there were other places where it didn't feel right. Uh-huh. Okay. So I started slowing down for the turns. Okay. And that's when I realized I'm a hindrance to the other drivers. Even though I was out accelerating them in the straights, in the turns, it was bad news. So, that, so you could see him right on your tail. In my rearview mirror, I could see him coming in. Yeah. Okay, so comes the third lap. I'm waving. I waved by two groups of three. Right. And that's when I said, I'm a danger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm in their yeah. way. The cars are getting too close. Mm-hmm. I bailed. I said, this is it. I'm I'm done. I'm finished. So poor John here, folks. He's doing some great camera work. He's got three great shots of the three laps that I was out there for. Mm-hmm. You were going off into the toolies to get another angle shot. Right. And you never saw me again. <laughs> well, yeah, it was weird because I, I kind of saw you and I, I knew which cars were in front of you and behind you. And so I kind of had a sense when you were going to be coming around again. And then you, they would, these other cars had come by and there's no Pete, no Calypso. Like, what's going on? I go, at first I thought, oh my God, something terrible happened. Um, but then I, I walked in and then you gave me a call and, and yeah. you told me, you know, that you had called it quits. Yeah. So thank goodness nothing bad happened. No, like I said, I, I made a decision, a, a command decision, and I did it primarily because I realized that I was a hindrance. Right. I was, I was going to screw up other people's good time because I was in the way. I don't like people in front of me. You'll notice at the beginning, mm-hmm. I left the paddock area early so I could be number one in line. I didn't want anybody in front of me. Right. All right. I wanted to go out and I wanted to attack that bus stop turn. I wanted to do it with all my gusto, you know, and, and get it done right. And then I ran into issues with the tires. So it was so. on your first time through the bus stop. Well, no. you, the bus, it was the, what lap was it where the you, third you tailed one. out the last lap? The third one was the best. Oh, okay. Well, hang on. It's, it, it's got to be how you grade. I did it well, all three. All my homework, all my studying of the bus stop turn paid off because the very first time I entered it, we're perfectly okay. The problem was I was only 103. All right, I was slow. 103 what miles per hour? Okay, all right. I said that's slow. All right, <laughs> so the next lap I wanted to do it faster. I got it up to uh, 118, and then the last one was 120. So I felt very good about the bus stop turn. I can hit. I can hit the t- peak of the acceleration, make the maximum of that straightaway. There's my peak of 120 right there. I'm about, oh, about a football field away from the beginning of the bus stop turn. So off the gas, coast in, 
hit the brakes at the beginning at the at this is the normal exit into the paddock area. That's where I hit the brakes. I bring it down to about 60. All right. So I hit in the, the first turn of the bus stop at about 60. I'm hitting the exit of the bus stop at about 50. And I hit turn 16 and 17 in the high 40s. And then I can get up to 114 by the time I come through the bridge. Yeah. So. Well, you were you were hauling ass when you were coming through that bridge. You know, when I was getting some video there. That's only 114. Okay. That's not a big. How? What's the fastest you ever gone with Calypso? There's too many officers of the law listening to this broadcast. <laughs> I will say that 150. Okay. Was it on a race course or somewhere else? Somewhere else. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was on a business trip. Oh, wow. I mean, 150. Oh, my God. Well, it was one of those things where I found myself um, well protected by the 18-wheelers. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they they gave me the sign that I was clear. Out of CB radio, I'm talking to them, and they said, you're clear. Okay. So I went, and I left, and I got a, yeah pretty good yahoo from a couple of 18 wheelers that saw me going by so. right on good for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah 120 that's a passing maneuver wow yeah but on this track you got it as high as 120 120 yeah. all right and it's limited i mean that's that's a very now when they do the full expansion to spring mountain they're going to have a straightaway that you're going to be able to hit 150 160 they're going to make it bigger oh yeah it's going to be three times the size really yeah yeah. In the comment section of the YouTube, when you post this, I'll yeah. get you the link that people can go because this is going to be the world's largest racetrack at Spring Mountain. Really? Yeah. It's going to outdo the Nürburgring Nordschiff in Germany. Wow. It'll be something. Well, there's plenty of space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots of desert in all directions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <coughs> you know, one of the things I noticed on that raceway is that when you are in a long straightaway, there's plenty of room to pass. Mm-hmm. But in the turns, it's pretty tight. It's snug. Yeah. Part of the track day convention that they've got now um, is that there are only – they in, encourage you to only pass on the long straights. Right. Okay. There's four passing zones. If we go back to the drawing here, this is one, this is one, this is one, and that's one. So it's got the the main straight, Mm -hmm. the clubhouse straight, the back straight, and the long side. Okay. So those are the four turns. And you give the person behind you a hand signal. So if you want them to pass you on the left— you just point out like that, two, right. two arm motions that way. If you want them to go the other side, it's like this over the roof. Makes sense. All right. So, yeah, that's just common courtesy. Yeah, of course. You know, I, yeah, I don't want them behind me either. Okay. Well, but plus also, you know, if, if you want them to pass, you don't want them guessing to go left or right because you might guess the same right. way and then you could have trouble. Yeah, I got to drive this thing back to Poway. <laughs> right. I got to go 300 miles. Right. You know, you know. Exactly. I take it to car shows, no scratches. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, they're, 
They're very good people, I found there. Everybody's very enthusiastic about their cars. They have different missions on mm-hmm. in hand. Some of them, most of them, I'd say 90% of them have faults with their cars that they're testing. Ah. They have new toys in the car that ah. they're testing. Right. I don't have to test anything with Calypso. Right. Because he... I, I mean, I pick up the keys, I bring my helmet, and I'm ready to race. Right. <laughs> I, I'm gone. Maybe I'll change the oil. And now I've learned a new lesson. New tires. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Now, but, let's let's talk a little more about tires because I remember, gosh, this was back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I bought a, um, a Plymouth Laser. It's like it was the same as a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the sportiest car I probably ever owned. And I had tires on it. And I remember they were softer rubber tires and they wore out at like 30,000 miles. And I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I, um, but apparently that's you common. Got 30, <laughs> yes. You know, I'm lucky to get 25. Wow. <laughs> so you, I learned that because the soft rubber tires give you better handling. Yep. But they wear out quicker. They wear out quicker. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're like motorcycle tires. Clipsos tires are like motorcycle tires. They're good for about 10, 12,000. And I got that from the conversation I just had with the Michelin guy. I said, I was an idiot. <laughs> but here's what I am. What was there about the tires that caused me the problem? I said, because when I drove home, I did 300 miles without an issue. Right. All right. Mountain roads, mountain passes, passing other vehicles, no issues. On the track, I had an issue. And he says, yeah, it comes down to the torque of the tire on the sidewalls, and your tires were toast. Mm. They were stiff. They've been on the car on the car way too long. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you should have removed them before you went on the track. Okay. put new tires on. Because it was the – when the tire is spinning around a turn, this is where the radial ply comes into play. The cords that go radially around your tire, Mm -hmm. okay, they are bonded with the rubber, okay, and when they're being pulled, those (laughs) those threads no longer are stuck to the rubber, so you don't have the ability to pull the tire in the direction you want it to go. So it just gets sloppy. It gets sloppy. Yeah, and that's what you were feeling. Ah. So okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So I learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, it, it, technically, and also from lesson learned, don't go on a racetrack with twenty thousand miles on the tires. It was kind of fun. <laughs> even though you had plenty of tread. Right. I always thought it was the tread from my motorcycle days. Yeah, that's what I would think as a rookie. Yeah. You know. And ah, uh, I got enough on there, you know, but no. So the structural integrity of the it tire. Was the structural integrity of the tire that was the issue. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And at those kinds of speeds and those kinds of uh, sharp turns, yeah. yeah, torque, sideways force. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's go, let's go to another picture if I can here. Uh, yeah. Where am I? I'm over there at play. I don't want play. I want the playlist. And I think I want picture number four. Is that the one? No. 
back to playlist. I'm going to point something out here when I get to it. Okay. Here's where I lost. Oop, I got to get it to pause. Make sure it paused. No, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back to the list. Playlist number four. And back over here to pause. Pause. Yeah. Okay. Five. Sorry, people who are just listening to this. I'm screwing up big time with the damn display. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. All right. You'll notice on these little triangles, here, here's, here's what I'm zooming in on. This is the overall course, and then I've zoomed in on this section here. Okay. You'll notice how... This line on that triangle is going that way and that way. Right. Which is totally different from all the others. All the others, they're all in parallel. Mm -hmm. That's the indicator of lateral G-forces. Ah. Those are going in two different directions because that's where I lost it. Ah. The back end's coming around. The car is disoriented from the track going around the turn. Okay. You'll notice that little knuckle. I'm nice, smooth, whoop, little jog there. That's because of the car was not in line with the direction it was going. Right. <laughs> All right. It was sliding. Right. And that's when your differential kicked in, right? That's when the differential clicked in and <laughs> straightened the car out and very, off I very went. Very interesting. Okay. All right. So that's, by the way, that the name of that turn is Ego Check. <laughs> I said, well, that fits. Yeah. <laughs> I was checking my ego. <laughs> Damn it. You know. And the final one, uh, picture number six. And I'm done with the pictures. Everybody will be happy at that point. And except my glass is in the way now. That's turn 16 and 17 down here. There's my, there's the bus stop turn. But look how straight I came in on that. Oh, yeah, nice. No lateral G-forces whatsoever. 118 miles an hour. Two miles less than what I was best at. Mm -hmm. All right. But I hit that perfectly, but a little too high speed. I lost it. Yeah. So, yeah. This data is unbelievable. I mean, it, what, <laughs> what a great thing. And especially if you're analyzing and super analyzing what you did. Well, you've got everything here. I got all the tools. So you you like you can relive the moment every time you see this data yep. and how it's plotted on the on the course. Yep. Yep. I mean I was on the track for twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. I've been analyzing this stuff since last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Now, there is Something that has given me the environment to do that analysis. And let's talk about the decision. Okay. The decision. Leave. All right. All right. And, yeah, I, I made the decision. This is this is not good. I'm going to get off the track. Came off the track, and I realized you were out in the toolies somewhere <laughs> trying to get video. But that had to be a hard choice to, like, to—, to yeah, to make your to say I need to step down from something you've been looking forward to for so long for three months. Yeah, 
three months. This was my birthday present to myself. Yeah. All right. I spent a considerable chunk of change, or I put at risk a considerable chunk of change yeah. to do this. Not the $2,000 mark for new tires, but still, you know, yeah, a lot of money. <clears throat> and I twisted your arm and you came up. I mean, <laughs> you didn't have to twist very hard. I was interested in checking this yeah, out. It was yeah, really cool. Yeah. Even though we were only there for a short time, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're great company. Well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the video. You've, you, you got great videos. You really did. Mm-hmm. All right. Short duration, but great nonetheless. <laughs> you know, it's my fault for being short duration. You know. <laughs> Doing 118 miles an hour, John. Yeah. 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 yeah but um, yeah, that, but it was a decision you had to do. Right. For the safety of others and the safety of myself and the protection of Calypso, yeah. I, I had to bail. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, and I knew it had its consequences. I mean, the, the first thing that came into my mind, shit, he's off in the toolies trying to get pictures of me and I'm not even on the track. You know, uh. I get my phone out. I call him. I said, you know, I, I pulled out. So you walked all the way back. Yeah. How far did you get? Um, I got like right up to this side of the turn here. Okay. Yeah. And I was about to start going this way, but then I just turned around. But I started walking back probably about five minutes before you called me. Oh, because you realized I wasn't out there. I knew something was wrong. So Uh then I started walking back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I went and talked to the organizers and they were fantastic they completely understood they thanked me oh yeah you know and i said well it's the right thing to do i hope you encourage this when yeah. other people are and they said yeah that's above and beyond and they said we'll we'll get you some money back right on so well because they they want to avoid any sort of a incident you know yeah. so yeah. yeah good for them for applauding you for making the right choice yeah and then i looked at my phone and shit Hotel checkout time is half an hour away. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I loaded the canopy and the chairs and all the yeah. shit I brought with me. You so know, you can save the, one night, you know? Yeah. yeah. Over to, what is it, the Saddlewood West RV Park or whatever the hell yeah, it was? Yeah, I think it was Saddle West, I think Saddle is what West. it was. Yeah, yeah Saddle West RV Park and Casino. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they checked me out, no problem. All right. I told them, I said, look, the cleaning crew is going to discover a box of 12 fudgicles in the ice box. You can have them. All right. It's your birthday weekend, right? It was my birthday. My fudgicles are there. You know. So, yeah, 40 calories each. I can eat a dozen of those a night with no problem. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Yeah. Only 40 calories. I should get some. <laughs> yeah, but I've been addicted to the fudgicles for years. Anyway, so the decision to leave the track. Oh, let me just say, just here, just a note here on the live stream. Yuri Boland says, stay out of Calypso's way. <laughs> so is this commentary about when Pete's driving through Poway? Is that what that is, Yuri? <laughs> By the way, as we get into the story here, I'll, I'll have a note for Yuri. Um, thank you for your attention on Sunday evening. 
Erie. I appreciate your efforts, but I hope you also appreciate I was poking you in the ribs severely because I was really surprised that after 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, you can't find an open pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. All right. They're hard to find, yeah. Unless People you go are to saying, like, why is he bringing this up on a podcast about <laughs> Spring Mountain? I'll get to the rest of the story. Okay. Thanks, you. Thanks, Paul Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> so th- thank you, Leary. It's, it's taken care of, uh, but I do think you ought to do something about serving Poway or figure out a way to get a pharmacy open for 24-hour emergency use. Mm. Yeah, it could have been serious, yeah. I guess. I'd ran into it for the first time. All right. So I bailed on you. I left. I mean, I even departed the track. I left you there at the track. What did you do? Well, I knew that you were disappointed, right? Mm -hmm. And I figured I'm just going to get out of your way because I think you just wanted to go home. And and I, I hear you. And I had rented an Airbnb for two nights. Right. So I couldn't check out early. I mm-hmm. was connected to it, but I, I made it a little bit of a trip for myself. So I had a lot of my work. I got done. I was able to do some work for my business. That was helpful. Um, I went to the casino and watched the Padre game. Uh, and they beat the, who were they playing that night? I think it was the, the giants. So I got to watch the game in the sports book and had a couple of drinks and I made a you know, I was by myself, but I, I had fun. And then um, I got some more work done on Sunday, and then I left about 11 and headed back. No problems. Okay. All right. I still, I'm going to carry that with me for a long time. Now, I'm telling you, don't beat yourself up. I made the most of it. And for me, part of the fun is just getting out of the house, you know, going somewhere different, um, having a little personal adventure. And then sometimes the change in scenery is helpful for me for my mm-hmm. work. Because then I'm in a different environment and I can really focus. Right. And you got further into Spring Mountain than you ever have before. Right. You now know the combination lock to getting through the gates. Yeah. All you have to do is go up there and say, I'm the guest of somebody on the track here. Could I get a visitor's pass and hand him 10 bucks? And you can get access to the place. It was wonderful. It was so easy. Yeah. <laughs> so... For the future trips to Peru. But it re- the, the race course really reminded me of Malibu Grand Prix. When I was a kid, I actually worked at the Malibu Grand Prix in Redwood City mm-hmm. up in the Bay Area. Okay. And it was smaller, but they had those like little indie car go-karts. Mm-hmm. But it was the same deal where the, the edges of the turns were like a little bit of a raised curve, mm-hmm. curb. Rumble uh, strip. Yeah. And so, and then for a while, when I, I when I was racing BMX, we used to race on the Malibu Grand Prix track with BMX, which was a lot of fun too. Um, so that's what it really reminded me of. But obviously, the big boy version, right? Not right. the little play version that I was used to as a kid. And they t- they tell you in in the driving school, use the rumble strip. That's your indicator that that's. They tell you not use the rumble strip. They say use all of the road, Yuri. You don't have to get out of my way because I find and I use the road, yeah. whatever the road gives me. Mm-hmm. All right. If there's not enough room to pass, I don't pass. I want to make sure that there's at least room for three or four cars before I'll overtake somebody. Sure. You know, I give them lots. Of, you've driven with me. I give people lots of margin. You do. 
But then when there's an opening, I'm <laughs> through. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Yuri had a couple more comments. He says, you're welcome, my friend. And he says, good decisions lead to more races. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's a good line, Yuri. I will be going back. Oh, I don't know when, but I will be going back to Spring Mountain. Okay. Because I'd, li- I'd like to do the whole thing well, one more time. I'm going to have to go again. But, <laughs> all right. This time Unless it's I jinxed you. I hope I didn't jinx no, it. No, it was not. This was me. This was a decision I made to not replace the tires, and I will not make that decision next time. Okay. I will replace the tires if they're close. All right. I may even buy a second set. All right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, tires are important for turns. Um, so I got to thinking on the way back on that Saturday, and I called you from the road, I think. Yeah. And I was, again, apologetic then. But the thing that started to hit me was this is almost like a eureka moment. Mm. Okay. Making that decision... Uh, had some changes to it, all right, for you and for me. And it took on more significance on Sunday. Shall I start branching off into that? Yeah, let's go. Sunday. Yeah. So I got back late Saturday night. No, I didn't. It was dinner time. I was there in time for dinner. But Sunday morning, I immediately started the analysis. I'm downloading all the video and <laughs> downloading all the data. Yeah. Where did I screw up? Right. You know, I jumped, I skipped to the chase, and by noontime, I pretty much had it figured out. Right. I, I knew what I'd done and when it had happened and all that sort of stuff. And Wendy was going out on one of her volunteer things. So I was in second heaven. I'm in my data and the videos, and Wendy's gone, and I don't have any responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And I got done with it. <laughs> it was only three laps. It didn't take long. Right. It's not a lot of data. <laughs> so Not a lot of video. So um, Wendy comes back in the house and her hand's bandaged up. Uh-oh. I said, what happened to you? She said, well, I was laying out the picnic blanket to have the picnic, and I was putting the burritos in a bag down on the ground and their dog made a lunge for the burritos. So I reached out to grab the burritos, and the dog bit my hand. Oh. And so took the gauze off and everything, and there's teeth marks on her back of her hand, teeth marks on her. What kind of dog was it? I don't know. A I'm, big I'm, dog? I'm not yeah, big enough to get her. Well, she's a little... You know, yeah, big enough to get her the jaws around her hand, right? All right, not a little yip dog, no. So, we won't go down that path. So, was it the next day? Yeah, it was Monday when she woke up, it was swollen, and on the internal bite, there was a pus sack starting to show up. So, was it no, yeah, it was Sunday. It was Sunday we took her to Scripps Urgent Care, and they gave a prescription for antibiotics. Okay. We got out of Scripps around 7 o'clock, so we're looking for a pharmacy that's open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she went in, everything, everything closed. 
Well, they had given her antibiotics there at Scripps, but we couldn't get the antibiotics, you know, for the next stay. But the, was, it the, was the pharmacy open at Scripps? They don't have a pharmacy. Really? No. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're stuck with CVS, you know, Walgreens, whoever you yeah. want to go to. Yeah, and it's late oh, Saturday night. No, it was Sunday. Sunday night, pardon Sunday me. Night. So, yeah, and then it was Tuesday morning. Yeah, Tuesday morning when I noticed the pus sack, and I said, oh, that ain't right. We're going back to urgent care. All right. And we got into urgent care at 10 o'clock, and they're only letting the people into urgent care that they're treating. Families got to stay outside COVID. Right. They had a computer hack on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of their computers are down. That was a big deal. It is a big deal. It's still a big deal. I think it was like a ransomware is what happened. Yeah, and it's still down. All right. But everything's being done by hand. Oh, jeez. On paper. <laughs> oh, no. We knew this on Sunday. It was the same way on Tuesday. Okay. So I'm out walking around the parking structure. You know, I'm playing solitaire. I'm looking at my data, <laughs> you know. And I struck up a conversation with the COVID security people, you know, a couple of different conversations. And I was impressed. They're doing their job spectacularly well. They got no inter- no computer, inter- no cell phone, nothing. Right. No method of communication whatsoever. They've got to stop every single person that comes in there. Have you had any cold or sniffle or flu signs in the last two, you know, 10 days or so? Yada, yada, yada. But they went through it over and over and over again. Everybody that came in that urgent care facility. <laughs> and finally, this person, yeah. white, white shirt and tie comes out. Yeah. You know, and he's giving them instructions. And I said, Hang on a second. These guys are doing an absolutely spectacular job under unbelievable circumstances. Right. And I wanted you to know that they are doing absolutely stellar. Do not dump any more responsibility on them. If you need something else done, get somebody else out because they're working their ass off. All right. Apparently... I became good friends with the security crew. They said, where are you parked? I says, I'm in the parking structure. I said, bring it on over to the handicap. We'll let you park right here. So when your wife comes out, you can leave. Oh, nice. So I did. I parked on the hand. Did you know that the handicap blue matches Calypso? <laughs> well, I'm actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very nice. Yeah. So finally, one of them went in and said, I've got bad news. I said, what's the matter? He says, they're going to send your wife to the hospital. Oh, no. I said, what for? And they said, this is a, an infection that should have gone away, and it's not. Oh. So they want to take her in and put her on an IV, antibiotic IVs. Oh. And they said, so we're calling for transport to move her to Scripps, La Jolla. I said, I got transport in the damn handicap spot. <laughs> Bring her out. I'll get her to Scripps. Okay. All right. They brought her. We, now, so where, what scripts were you at originally? Where? The, the one up over here in Conwell Mountain Ranch. Oh, right, right across from Costco. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. The urgent care there. All right. So, yeah, they agreed, and I 
we got her in the car and off to the Scripps La Jolla. We got her checked in and they put her on an IV and she came home yesterday. So she had a hospital bed the whole thing? Yeah. Wow. On the view of the parking lot, we're not talking the view of the golf course and the Pacific Ocean view. Right. We're talking a view of the parking lot. So was it, was it Scripps Green or the Scripps? Yeah, Scripps Green. Okay, so right on Torrey Pines. Right on Torrey Pines Road. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's home now. And, but if I hadn't left that track, oh, I wouldn't have been there for my wife coming home with a dog bite injury. Wow. I mean, what? what, what uh, yeah, she would have been in a really tough spot. She couldn't use this hand. And it would have gotten worse and worse. So, Eureka moment? Yeah. But that wasn't planned. No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know? But it worked out the right way. Yeah. Yeah. How's she, do, how she doing right now? She's doing her laundry now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but she's probably all wrapped up and everything. She, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm giving her a wide berth because it is her right arm, which is her, what she writes with, and yeah. this is the one she can hit me with. <laughs> and it's got this big bandage on. So, oh, wow. Yeah, if she hits me now, I'm in the world of trouble. So it's like one of those offensive linemen, you know, when they're all wrapped up and they can like, yeah, yeah. you know. Okay. Yep. So huge ramifications on a weekend where I was going to be on the racetrack for six, maybe seven, you know, half-hour stints. Turned yeah. into an aborted mission, but I was there for my wife when she needed me. Well, and that worked out really well. Um, thank goodness. I mean, imagine the alt- opposite is that everything was going swimmingly for you at, at Spring Mountain, and then you get the frantic call that there's a problem. And, and I'm wor- 300 miles away. And you're 300 miles away, so you drive back home like a bat out of hell. And- well, that's not much different. <laughs> But you'd be you'd be worried. Yeah. You know, your drive yeah. home would be very stressful. Yeah. Um, at least you avoided that. Um, but you were there for her when she needed you, and I think that's cool. The yeah. way it worked out. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes, it is. Time your pillow over there. Yeah, that's, a friend of mine gave me that pillow. <laughs> it was you. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, where are we at time wise? We got people. Just Yuri, huh? Um, yeah, so we're at a, an hour and two minutes, so okay. we can keep going. There's, uh, I, I, I want to talk I'm about on budget. I want to talk about Poway stuff too, if we have a chance, if we have an opportunity. Okay, in the context of Calypso and Poway, I have a special above the window on Calypso. You can spot Calypso over any other Corvette because it says slower traffic with an arrow to the right. Correct. But it's backwards, right? It's written backwards, so in somebody's rearview mirror, they can read it and move over. Right. All right. (laughs) The people going back and forth to Las Vegas from L.A. have no concept. They're not looking behind them. They're all in the left lane. Mm -hmm. All right. That is the most horrific drive there is. Yeah, there's no respect for what the two lanes represent. Yeah. Okay, so I want to bring the lessons learned from that section of the 15 to Poway. Because we're having issues on Poway Road now with traffic. 
Yeah. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh-huh. So here's, a, here's some advice. Slower traffic, keep to the right. Right. If you're overtaking and only if you're overtaking, you can then be in the left lane. Or if you're preparing to turn left. Ter- preparing to turn left. Yes. Don't slow the people down behind you. Allow the faster traffic to stay in the left lane. Mm-hmm. Get over. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in the right lane, put your driver's side tire on the center divide line. So there's lots of room to the right oh. for people who want to make right turns. Yes. To make those right turns. Don't you hate that when you're at a red light and there's somebody that was blocking your ability to get in that little narrow lane? Yeah. But it's also good to do that because you want to give Check space for the bikes. bicycles too. You want to give space yeah. for them. Um, so yeah, yeah. But people are oblivious to these things. We could probably take four or five minutes off of trip down Poway Road if people would just follow that simple little guidance. So right. I'm making a request based on exercises I learned going down Interstate 15 back and forth to Vegas. It was absolutely horrific. People have no concept of where they should be on the road. Agreed. You know. Agreed. So let's Poway can do it better. Well, you know, I, I drive an electric car, so my strategy is very different than yours, okay? And so I like to set my cruise control, and I'll set it like, you know, what the speed limit on that road is. Is it 70? Maybe 75? Can I you? don't know. Um, but I set— I drive until the waist thing turns red, and then that's, I know where I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Waze, if it—it'll turn red just as you go over the speed limit— Mm-hmm. And I heard a long time ago that nine is fine. So I, it's, I'm somewhere between the speed limit and nine miles over is where I normally cruise. Right. Because 10 miles over is when you're getting into trouble. Right. So I typically, when I'm on a drive like that, I will set my cruise control at the speed limit, maybe even a couple of miles below it. And I hang out in the right lane the whole way. Find yourself a pocket between two semis. Exactly. Slipstream. Yeah. Takes a lot of energy. Because <laughs> I, when I, I drive my car, I like maximizing my energy, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then I'm not in a hurry. So, and then, but I will sometimes, I'll encounter a truck that's only going like 45 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I will, I'll go into the left lane, I'll pass the truck and then instantly get into the right lane. Because that's the way you're supposed to that's do it. That's where right? you're supposed to be. Yeah. If you're not actively overtaking a vehicle, move to the right. Exactly. And I go one step further, okay? If I decide to move into the left lane to overtake a vehicle, I do it, like, right now. All right? That's when I will flagrantly violate the speed limit. Oh, yeah. All right? If I hit that left lane and I got four or five trucks stacked up in front of me, it's 120, baby. (laughs) You and over. Out of the way. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, if it's a two-lane road, mm-hmm. okay, and it's one in, lane in each direction, mm-hmm. do you like passing in the opposite lane? I have to. Yeah, because I get the heebie-jeebies when that's like that. Because even if a car is really far in the distance, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like you're in, you're in the, the danger zone, you know? But for a minimal amount of time. Yeah. 
So with I, me. With you. But, <laughs> but I typically will only do that if it's just absolutely critical. First of all, no. no. As long as I can't see anything coming in the other direction. Correct. Absolutely. All right. If I don't see anything on the horizon, and I'll tell you, out there between Baker and Perump. Oh, yeah. You got lots of wide open space. But you'll still see some crazy people that will oh, yeah. that'll make attempts, and you're like, oh, my God. And they just are able to avoid a head-on collision. Do you break? Do I? Yeah. Well, it's usually far enough in the distance, and no. But maybe I should, huh? Yeah. I, as soon as somebody comes over and he shouldn't be doing that, I break. It's to get as far away from it as you can? But, yeah. If you're going to wreck and roll your car, it's not on me. Right. I'm stopping here. Well, right. let me. Here's a funny story. It's like back in the late 80s. People don't pass me, though. So oh, God, yeah. That yeah, yeah. That's never an issue. <laughs> but back in the late 80s, um, I had a Suzuki Samurai. Remember those? Mm -hmm. Like little baby Jeeps, right? And it had a little itty-bitty four-cylinder engine in that car. And I was driving up to San Francisco one time, and I was on Highway 5, and there was a couple of semi-trucks, and I was like, I'm going to pass them. And I started getting up and passing it, but I can only go so fast in that Suzuki Samurai. And immediately, other cars are lining up behind me, waiting for me to pass. But as I got up near the nose of the front semi, mm-hmm. the wind was pu- pushing off of the nose and I couldn't accelerate fast enough to pass the semi. And I was flo- f- pedal to the metal. And so what I had to do was to slow down in the fast lane with like five cars behind me. Oh. They were probably pissed. Yeah. And then eventually I got clearance and I went into the right lane and everyone went zoop, 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 right past me. Um. I don't know if anybody still does this or not, but if you get into that situation, this is before cars had a lot of horsepower, okay, which you had a problem with. Yeah. If you get alongside the truck and honk twice, he may back off to allow you in. Oh. Okay. I Just didn't try, know that try it. I don't know if they'd still do it, but that was a lesson I learned. When you get yourself in a bad situation mm-hmm. and you're alongside the truck and he's doing the same speed you are, and you can't make it two, two toots, and he'll let you in. Oh, nice. Now, that's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. Okay. And I found that out across going across country. The truckers are a hell of a lot better and more thoughtful about the road experience than well, there's they a used whole, to be. You know, my stepfather was a truck driver, and so I learned some of the light etiquette. You know, so mm-hmm. they will flash lights when it's okay for a truck to pull in front. Yeah. Um, and then they'll even like flashlights as like a thank you yep. back at the other person. So that's cool, I think. Yeah. 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 I was uh, in my MG. I was the blue harpoon out of Mystic, Connecticut. That was my handle on the CB radio. So, yeah, I used to. And I had a CB. I didn't bring it with me to Spring Mountain because I didn't think I was going to need it. But apparently... That road between Cajon, Cajon Pass and Las Vegas has gone absolutely bonkers. Well, I, I had a clear drive. Um, and I think the truckers have flat just given up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like anything goes now. You yeah. know, like the rules of etiquette are out the window. Um, I ended up making the drive. Everything went really cool. I get into Victorville. Traffic backed up going down the backside of the Cone Pass, like five miles an hour. Oh, Painful. And then it eventually cleared out before I got to the 15-215 split. Mm-hmm. 
And then it was kind of, you get down to where the 215 crosses the 10, like from there along that, what is that, the 91 or the 215? I think they merged together mm-hmm. there. It's terrible. You get on the 90, you get on the 215 overpass and you go by UC Riverside and that Box Springs exit. It was terrible. And then it eventually clears out when you're getting into like Moreno Valley and Hemet. Yeah. You know, well, we, they had a wreck in, on the uh, 215 north of Temecula or west of east of Temecula. Yeah. On the southbound lane. So I got wrapped up in that uh, for a bit. That sucks. But I'll tell you, the infotainment people. I'm glad I bought that system because between Waze and Google, they've they've found me an alternate route through a couple of traffic situations on the way up on Friday night. Mm. According to them, they saved me 18 minutes of driving time. So, you know, it's it's funny is there's sometimes where I'll be in traffic, mm-hmm. and the the GPS system in my car will recommend that I stay in the traffic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this can't be right. And I'll take an exit and I'll go squirrely along the side roads. And those are all backed up with a bunch of yahoos like me. <laughs> and it ends up costing me more time. And then I realize the GPS system has it figured out. They had it figured out. The whole time. Yeah. And I should just believe what the GPS says. Oh, the other thing that I got to cover here on the Perump thing, because it came into play with Trigger Energy. Okay. Okay, you keep talking about how you can go from here to Pahrump for free. Cost me 45 bucks mm-hmm. to go the one direction. And I was really surprised because I paid attention to it this time. 3.6 miles per gallon on the track. On the track, yeah. Okay. 3.6 miles mm-hmm. per gallon. That's a gallon per lap. Wow. <laughs> I was drinking a bunch of fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 carburetor is wide open. Tires. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of excess spin and and wasted energy. A lot of wasted energy because the tires were not suited for the track. Mm. So he's when I told him what what that was, the guy from Michelin, he just laughed at me. <laughs> he says, "Eventually, you've got to get down to zero gas." And you right. wouldn't have had a tire problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. For me, it, it wasn't free. Because, you know, we, I charged my car um, from the solar panels on my house. Mm-hmm. So I got from Poway to Baker, mm-hmm. you know, 100% on my own uh, from the charge from my house. But then I used a, a public charging station in Baker that I paid. Okay. I think I might have paid like 18 bucks. And then I drove to Pahrump. And I was driving around Pahrump a bit. And I was thinking, and I had enough charge to get back to Baker with maybe 25 miles to spare. And I was like, that's cutting a little close. So I drove a little bit outside of Pahrump um, to a place called um, Indian Springs. Oh, yeah. And I charged there for free and then came back to Pahrump. And it was was easy sail on the way back. But um, yeah, it's cool. There's some places that you can charge for free on the road. Right. Yeah. But it costs you how long? That's the one thing you never talk about. You do a little video, but I said, how long are you really there to charge that up? Um, between Usually between 30 and 60 minutes. Half hour to an hour. Yeah, depending on the speed of the charging station and, um, and then how much charge I need. Mm-hmm. But when you're at those high-speed public chargers, you can only get up to 80%. 
And then at that point, the charge power, the kilowatts per hour drops by about half. Mm. And then you get to 85% full, it drops again. And they do that because of the the battery. They don't want to get it too hot. Uh But when I charge at home with my charger, my level two charger in my garage, I can get all the way to 100%. 100%. So... Because I had three quarters of it. I gassed up hmm? my left Poway. The map's no there anymore. But I gassed up the Chevron station before I left Poway, got all the way there, and I had three quarters of a tank left. So Nice. You know, 27 miles per gallon on the freeway. That's a lot better than when you were on the racetrack. <laughs> tremendously different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, tremendously different. Um, but I, I wanted to bring up... The ramifications of decision-making. And one, I made up my mind. I was collecting evidence for nine minutes. Over a nine-minute time frame, I was collecting the data. And I think it took me less than a minute to decide, I got to get off of this track. Not only do I get off this track for this session, but I shouldn't come back out. Hmm. All right. And thinking about the ram, it, it affects me, my birthday, my finances, yeah. John, infotainment. I feel bad about those people. They wanted me to do a tour of Spring Mountain, you know, take the camera and put it on a selfie stick and walk around. I didn't do any of that. No. You know, I let them down, you know. But on the other hand, of the in-car cameras and the trip up and all that video, Seth got, let me see, it took me 13 hours to upload all the video to their system. Wow. <laughs> 13 hours of video mm-hmm. <laughs> that he'll, he's going to have to sort through. So I guess that'll keep him happy for a while. Okay. But... Without that system, I, I, I really liked it. I listened to my, you know, YouTube music all the way up. Mm-hmm. I went searching for the podcast. Nice. Right in the middle of searching for the podcast on Friday, I lost internet. Oh, no. I'm out in the middle of the desert north of Baker, and all of a sudden, all this internet stuff for my phone, I got no cell phone coverage. Yeah, you'll hit some dead spots. Uh, but, so I could not listen to the podcast. Well, usually when you're listening to a podcast on the road, it's downloading it faster than it's streaming it you know, to your ears. Mm-hmm. So if you are able to start the download process, you can usually get it all on your phone. Yeah, I had no idea I was going to lose coverage. I thought yeah, I was Yeah, before covered. you lose the coverage. Yeah. yeah. But, that, that, yeah, that's happened to me a few times. Then you just got to turn on the old terrestrial radio, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or at least – um, Sirius XM, you know? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was really bummed. I said, geez, I was kind of thinking I was going to catch John's podcast before I hit Perump, but oh well, wasn't there. So Anything the, else? You want to talk about the, the ramifications of the decision? Yeah. So let's just go through them. Yeah. Okay. You were affected, but you keep telling me it's nothing to yeah, it wasn't a big any deal. Consequence. Me, I learned two very important lessons. Don't go on the track with old tires. Mm-hmm. Okay, and be courteous to the other drivers. Right. 
I mean, I didn't have to get off that track, but I would have been a hazard to other yeah. people. And, and you mean, know there's a lot of people that would have just been out there. Yep. You know? Yep. So maybe getting old's not so bad. Maybe I've developed a conscience. <laughs> so that's, that's not so bad. The human side of Pete. Huh? I, maybe, maybe I'm starting to become considerate. <laughs> Hasn't showed up in my driving yet. It's still get out of my way. Yeah. But, you know, it makes sense. I mean, you were looking out for the welfare of the other drivers, but also for your own, yeah. you know, your own self and what was in your own best interest. Yeah. So, well, good for you. I mean, I, you made the right choice, but I, I'm sure that had to be a hard, tough decision. I was looking forward to that so much. Yeah. And to the only, I got a slight feeling on the second lap. I said, I think I just nailed the bus stop turn. I said, I didn't have the issue I normally have going mm-hmm. into that bus. I think I just nailed it. And that was really your primary objective. That was my primary objective. And I yeah. said, shit, if I've done this in three laps, do I have to stay? Yeah, you mission accomplished. No. The mission would have been to get it perfected. Okay. And, and move on to the other thing. But at least you had some track. satisfaction. Yeah. It wasn't a complete waste. No. I would like to get under three minutes do I'd like to do the 3.4 mile track in under three minutes. Wow. Uh, I haven't got there yet. The, the, remember I said that there was the novice group, mm-hmm. the intermediate group, and then the experts. Yeah. If I ever make it into the expert group, they're doing in two minutes, 30 seconds, two minutes, 40 seconds. Wow. So they're, they're probably averaging what, like 70, 80 miles an hour overall. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. So in the speed uh, straightaways, maybe 150 plus, but they can really navigate those turns. Right. They're they're not driving their everyday drivers either. Correct. You know. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to get under. I mean, I've got this great. I love this video on YouTube. It's 200 seconds, and it's Spring Mountain. One lap. I'm going to give it to you so you can put it down in the comments section. Okay. Good. Okay. I like to. But it starts off with the beating heart. Oh, nice. Okay, that goes back to your your career. It goes back to my job right now. Yeah. You know, the beating heart. And then the timer kicks in. And you'll see Harry's lap timer. Okay. start counting the seconds. Nice. You know. And so, yeah, that's that's an interesting track. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would have enjoyed spending... Two days. Okay. Well, we will go back. All right. Okay. Whenever you're ready and just let me know. Yeah. The problem is I got to wait till these tires wear out now and they're, they get, they get a lot of tires for Poway. Yeah. For driving around town, you're probably fine. Another 5,000 miles or so. Easily. Yeah. And that's what the guy said. He says, you realize, he says, those are good, strong tires. Now they're going to (laughs) last you longer than expected. And that's, he thought. That might have had a lot to do with the age of the tires, the fact that I did on um, the tour across America. Yeah. He says that intensity on the tires and one fell swoop, he says, probably conditioned those tires better than you know, the everyday back and forth to work type right. stuff. Sure. His temperature is hugely important because I was doing 11-hour days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. those tires got yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned a lot about tires. Well, so, good. And the Michelin. Pilot Sport Four Season Tires. All right. They don't do snow. Okay. Well, that's not you have to worry about I snow. They don't do snow. Yeah. 
Anything else? Can we talk about Poway for a little bit? Yeah, let's okay. talk about Poway. Okay, so I already talked about the roads. You did. Asked, made a special request to all the Poway residents to drive Poway roads. Right. Okay. So what I want to talk about is, um, you know, I've commented in previous podcasts, and you, you've commented as well on the live chat, but I, I want to really talk through with you. People in Poway right now are freaking out, okay, because of the construction is so much more visible now, right? Mm-hmm. The, the framing of the Poway Commons is going vertical. Mm-hmm. And people that didn't know this was going to happen are, are shocked. People that knew it was coming knew it was coming, and yep. now they're realizing it. I'm in that category. So I just want you to share with me, when you see the construction in Poway, what's going through your mind? What, 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 do, you think, what do you think is going to be the end result, and how is this changing our city? I think we're becoming a lot more metropolitan than we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there's a significant number of people who are okay with that. The numbers of people that I see that are actively complaining about Poway Road is less than a couple of thousand. There's 50,000 people in this town. Right. I would be surprised if I could find 2,000 people. That were complaining? That are complaining. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, social media is a very small section of it. But there's a lot of very vocal people on social media. Now, there are some people that are not on social media that I've run into. Yeah. I have friends. As a matter of fact, we were coming back from someplace... And they intentionally drove down Poway Road so his wife could see what was happening on Poway Road. Yeah. They don't normally travel on Poway Road. Mm -hmm. They usually use Matati. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the first thing, she says, oh, my God. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. We've known it was coming. Mm -hmm. You know, back when it was before and people were still having the last-ditch efforts to does it have to be three floors? Yeah. You know, can, can we push this back away from the road? Can we lower it to two stories, mm-hmm. flat roofs? You know, I mean, back in those days, I, I took a shot of the, the X-Wing fighter going through <laughs> Star Wars because that's what yeah. it's like. That's, yeah, that's a good analogy. You're going to be driving down <laughs> Poway Road and the guns are going to be shooting at you from both sides and you're going to have to drop the bomb into the intersection. Darth Vader is going to come down in a TIE fighter. And <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's what we've created. You know, you're going to drop your thing off and that's the, the intersection of community and, uh, and Poway Road. Poor Yuri's going to have to put up with all the attempted blasts at dropping the bombs down to the hole there, you know, as the starfighters come in. (laughs) All right. Um, You know, I've seen a lot of changes in Poway since 1980. I'm going to miss the Poway that I moved into back in 1980. There's a big difference from 1980, yeah. Um, It's going to be... Splotchy. We're going to have this little splotch development here and right across the street, another splotch. 
but they're not going to do anything with the library. The library is set back one floor mm-hmm. off from the road. Right. Okay. They're not going to touch the hillside. They're not going to move that mountain. Okay. Where all those houses, those houses are there. That's the way it's going to be for a long damn time. So there are parts that they just can't do anything with. All right. That's, that's just the way it is. If I was to uh, run for city council, when I run for city council, District 1, I'm bellying up to the problems that we're going to hear about Poway Road. Right. Hang on a second. I thought it may have been an emergency with one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You got (laughs) to pay attention to that text message. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that are very concerned. Like you said, the the character of the city is going to be very different. The character of the city is going to be different. So what do we do about it? Good question. All right. It's it's a fait accompli at this stage of the game. Right. Right. So the first step is, people, let's think about being a little bit more curious than we used to be. All right. Mm-hmm. Mind how you're driving on the road. Yeah, stay to the right lane. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right now, you, you, the real estate market is at a super huge peak. Right. So if you want to move somewhere else to the rural community, there's lots of rural communities in this country. Not Poway. See, it's probably a good time to cash out. Right? Cash out. Yeah. You know. I'm looking at it. I'm not going to move. My kids are here. Yeah. You know, this is base camp. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I I started off on Hill Country Drive. I fought against the South Poway Industrial Park. I'm, I lost that battle. The South Poway Industrial Park went in, and I could see the buildings from where I lived. So I said, okay. I moved. I moved to the east end of Poway, Golden Way, just before the Garden Road turnoff. Right. And uh, had an acre of land. I wanted to do things with it. I wanted to build a compound there. (laughs) Couldn't get a goddamn thing through the city council. Really? Yeah, had huge problems. So so these guys are building like three-story condos, and you couldn't even develop your land. I couldn't even develop my own property. Right. And it was because I was um, in commercial impacted. My lot was the very first one-acre residential property next to the commercial strip that was on Poway Road. Yeah, that is kind of where the the two worlds meet. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's why I couldn't do anything. Right. All right. Well, I eventually, with my wife's encouragement, we moved into another development I fought against, <laughs> the Palisades. We moved to the Palisades. But you, you have a wonderful home there, you know, yeah. something to be very proud of. We're at the end of Candy Cane Lane, Butterwood Court. Right. I get to celebrate Christmas the way I like to celebrate Christmas, was by not going anywhere, <laughs> standing in my driveway. Yes. We had a great one this year, the mm-hmm. COVID. All right. This is going to be a problem. People are coming to Christmas regardless. 
that's the thing is that with COVID, everything when the economy was shut down and people stayed at home, you probably had a little bit less traffic than normal, but there's going to be a surge this year. No, no. We had just as much traffic as we normally did. And that was an issue. I could see it coming. But, but still in cars, though, not as many on, on foot, right? That was true. But there was still a lot of foot traffic. All right. But here's what I did. We do a display of gingerbread house and gingerbread men. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's usually in the driveway and the driveway's open and people can come in and they can look around at all the decorations and stuff. But this year, I don't want to, I don't want to encourage people to gather in one spot and mingle. We're supposed to be encouraging them to keep moving, keep your distance. So I put a string of lights across the end of the driveway with the gingerbread men six feet apart <laughs> with masks. Oh, perfect. You know, perfect. It got the point across. It really yeah, worked. Yeah. You know, people were taking pictures of their kids next to the gingerbread men with the masks. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, so Poway's, I like the people of Poway. Yeah, it's a great city. Uh, we are very much egocentric. It shows in our the way we drive. The road is ours. Mm. Drive around and you'll see the reason we have traffic problems is because too many people are saying the road's ours, mine, all mine right now. If people were considerate about the people around them. Mm. Don't sit in the middle of your lane at that intersection. Let the people take a right turn down the side of you. Move over a little bit. Right. Just let them by you. Right. Okay. And I think we could, if we were a little bit more considerate about the people who are in other cars around us, we wouldn't have as big a traffic problem as we're going to have. Mm-hmm. All right. I also talked to the city uh, when they were talking about putting in the What's the one? Fairmount, right? Is that where the bowling alley is? Yeah, Fair, yeah Fairmont is the name of the project yeah. or the developer. When you're, if you're talking about your entryway, skinny up the sidewalk, put in a right turn lane. Let's get the people off of Poway Road. Don't have them sitting there waiting to make a turn. Oh, my God. It would just clog the, the yeah. whole dynamic. So there, I yeah. don't know where they heard me or not, but I, you know, I made the request. Well, that was a good, that was a good request. Yeah. What's, what are your thoughts are like now they're building and, and the Poway Commons is like hanging over the edge of Armando's, El Armando's taco shop. And then when they start to build the one at where the Fairmont developments or Fairfield, I think is Fairfield. what it, Fairfield, Fairfield. Yep, yep. there's like a, it, what is it? Big O Tires or one of those, another tire shop there. Yeah. Big O, I think it's there. I mean, imagine living in an apartment where you hear like those hydraulic, uh, you know, um, lug nut wrenches going. Um, That would be probably as well. It wouldn't be as pleasant as being on a racetrack like in Pahrump. But there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Yeah. All right. You know, the original Poway Road specific plan was let's move all the auto dealership business, all the auto stuff down to this end of Poway. Right. Down near Garden Road. Correct. We were going to be, when you were down there yeah. with me, right? That was, but that was okay. They had the land to do that. Mm-hmm. They had the houses were ready. Chiropractic, we direct, chiropractic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had his business there, but it was that he was ready to move on or become an, instead of a duplex household, 
mm-hmm. an office building. Right. All right. There was that kind of expansion that was ready to be done. I don't know what happened to it, to the Power Road specific plan, how it got to three floors. Well, I know there was a gradual progression. Uh, Jimmy Faborg fought with the city really hard. Who's but he? He's the owner of um, Poway Valley Collision. Ah, uh, yeah. He's, he's two floors with a facade. You know, it's like the old saloon type. The body shop looks yeah. like, an, like an old saloon. I thought it was great. He did a great job of mm-hmm. fitting in with the town. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, that's what the property owners should do, do, but is work with them. You know, build the, build the land out to accommodate. Well, what's interesting is when they had the idea then of having all the auto dealers east of Midland, mm-hmm. which made sense. But Perry Ford was always, you know, right Where in the, the middle. Where the turf meets the dirt. Yeah. I love that guy. I don't know who that was. It was before Perry. But I remember that Ford dealership and what attracted me to Poway. Because it was where the turf meets the surf in Del Mar, but it's where it meets the dirt in Poway. Yeah. That's cool. But, you know, I mean, he capitalized on it and he attracted me to the city of Poway. Plus, the city of Poway was saying to San Diego. Yeah, right. (laughs) We're not going to build. We're not going to build. Yeah. Is what they were saying in those days. And, yes, from Hill Country Drive, I could see the the wave, the tidal wave of development coming. That's here now, folks. It, it crested oh, yeah. the hill. Well, there's been development in Poway going back for decades, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they built— I, I think, fought the Palisades. Yeah. The, house, the neighborhood I'm in, I fought against. You did. <laughs> so those were probably built in the 80s, right? Uh, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of development in the 80s and 90s. The house— that I live in now and the house that I used to live in were both built in 89. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always surprised that they allowed Perry Ford to be an exception to the rule on the automotive portion of the Poway Road specific plan. Um, and then not only did they make them an exception, they allowed them to build and they built significantly higher than most of the buildings. I thought that might've been a violation of the height code or maybe they got an exception. Yeah. But then that kind of set the stage where you allow more exceptions to the rule, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I mean, like you say, we, we can't change it. it it's fait complete. It's fait complete. Um, but I do wonder if the owners of the property for um, Big O Tires and for El Armando's Taco Shop, if they're going to eventually throw in the towel. Oh, they will. Yeah. What are you going to do then? Yeah. We'll have another mismatch. Or, or we'll have another mismatch of architecture. Unless the developers that are next they'll, door will buy it. and They'll then, be gone. Yeah. Those developers will be gone. Now, they still exist. The company that's doing the eternal hole, well, they're, they're a Canadian firm. Yeah, now that one, they lost, they lost um, uh, their financing, is my understanding. Yeah. But Fairfield... That company's been around for a while, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think they have. So hopefully, I mean, best case scenario is that if— That's the one that's going to be the apartments. That's the bowling alley thrift store store development. Yeah, but I mean— It'll be like 200 apartments or something like that. So they're going to be—they will be there. So they will be able to deal with Big O if Big O decides to bail out. It's the other place that I think that 
once they've built it out, they're done. They're gone. Why, why would they stay? Well, if there's an opportunity to develop more, they might. A taco shop footprint? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm curious, yeah. you know, how that's all going to sort out. Um, I like the taco shop there, though. I've used them in the past. So I mean, I, I frequent them. But I've had their food. It's a good It's a good taco shop. I'll just yell louder now and again. <laughs> you have like, that's your bedroom, man, right next to the drive through speaker. <laughs> that's going to be hell. Um, but there's other businesses like across the street, like, you know, um, not necessarily Goodwill, but next door to Goodwill. Remember that place that always had the, the wood mm-hmm. that you could buy? And then after that, there's the rental of the, the heavy equipment. Rentals. And, and then the there's a homes place and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you kind of wonder what their future is, you know? I think there's a family that owns that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. So I think we're going to see some of these other properties flip in, in some I think they will. I, I hope that they are. <sighs> they just listen to the people power and, and compromise a little bit. Yeah. You know. Now, they could legitimately, I mean, I asked, when I was running for city council, I drove along the road behind that property, and I said, your backyard is going to be looking into these buildings. Is that why, the one guy that I talked to that for at length, he says, that's why I put the bushes in. I don't have to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So you don't like it. No, put the bushes in. I don't have to look at it. Mm. Okay. That's probably the only thing he can do. It's only yeah. in his power. I mean, that's that's what I found out when I did my statistical analysis of how the people felt in District 1 about all this development. Yeah, there was a number. But you know what? There's a bunch of people who didn't even know it was going to take place. They right. have no interest right. in what takes place in Poway whatsoever. But when they found out, when you told them— were they like, oh, okay, whatever? Or were they like, oh, my God, this is awful? What were their responses? I didn't stimulate. I didn't make it. I didn't get the votes to, to win. So I don't know okay. where they are. I'm going to find out if I ever, if I run again. And I'm leaning in that direction. Good. I'm glad okay. to hear that. But um, we'll see. Well, we have got a ton of comments here on the live stream here. I'm sorry we kind of were paying attention to ourselves here. So uh, Yuri says, did you happen to read the Chieftain article about housing um, at Tuesday's council meeting? Um, I asked how many of the 482 municipalities in California have a Prop FF similar to Poway that restricts voting rights in half of the city. Um, I did see part of that article. I don't know if I read the whole thing, but that is an interesting point, Prop FF. Now, my understanding, my bet is, is that a lot of other cities have similar, for lack of a better term, NIMBY laws. Right. Okay, that the locals want to prevent development but to some degree. There is no Prop FF on Poway Road. There isn't. And that's what, that's Yuri's point. Yeah. It's only for, you know, half the city, maybe two thirds of the city. Yeah. But the commercial property on Poway Road is is an exception. And I and that's how they drew it up way back in the eighties. No, it was not that way. I don't believe it was that way when we were talking about moving the dealerships down to one end. That was in the nineties. That discussion, Prop FF was in the eighties. All right, 
Maybe, yeah. maybe you're right. I, but I, but, but I, I do wonder I why recall. that our founders didn't do Prop FF for the whole city, which right. I think is Yuri's point. And I, and I think that's a fair question. Yeah, except they were big time, slow managed growth. I mean, I talked to them back in those days. Every time they were trying to do something, I was right there. No, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, but, um, I I don't know. I I think what's going to happen is is this: the politicians in Sacramento are now kind of changing their tune, and they're pushing more development, and they may override some of these local ordinances, like a Prop FF or mm-hmm. similar. Um, let's go down here. John Carson on the live stream. Oh, I knew he'd be on. Okay. Um, John says. <laughs> My old competitor. <laughs> yeah. You guys, heard, you guys heard D1 competitors right there. Yeah. John yeah. is a good guy. I like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wanting to, uh, what does it say? Wanting to do um, what, you, what you want with your own land. Well, want, excuse me. Wanting to do what you want with your own land. That's a very conservative ideology. You know? Yeah, that, I think it is. Of Yuri says Fairfield. That was who it was, not yeah. Fair. What did we say? Fairmont. I'm, whatever. Yeah. Um, John Carson says condos for taco lovers, apartments for the tire store workers. <laughs> well, I don't know if a tire store worker is going to be able to afford a seven hundred thousand dollar condo. He sells Michelin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for two thousand bucks for all four tires. Yeah, there's a good commission in that deal. Um, John Carson says three floors are all exceptions. So I guess they got some kind of a waiver Something. to the to the plan. They're there. You can stare at them. Um, John Carson says, too tall Bob Manis. It's his M.O. So, um, well, that's an interesting thing. Uh, that's the refer- reference to the um, <laughs> down in Kearney Mesa, the building that went up next to Montgomery Field. Oh, yeah. That they had to take And they down. had to reduce it they a little bit. They had to bit. reduce that down. So, good. Thank you f- for bringing that back to our attention. I remember that. Um, yeah, because the airplanes was potentially in the way. I wonder if we can get them to remove the top floors of the three-floor structures. <laughs> Just give them a haircut, right? <laughs> Where's what's-his-name in the, in the drones? They're interfering. Oh, Robin, interfer- Robin Muller. Yeah, Robin. Let's let's sue the city for interfering with the flight path of the drones in Poway. We can't get pictures of the pit anymore because the buildings are too high. You know, the the drone photography along Poway Road is very interesting um, because it, you don't realize on one level it seems like those are big lots where they're developing, but then from another perspective, it's not as big as you think. No, you know. So um, and then it's interesting how the Poway Commons, the way the the, it wraps around, like around Community Park, a little bit behind Poway Road, right? Quite a bit. Yep. Um, and there's going to be a street that goes through there. That's going to be kind of behind the taco shop, right? Right. Well, it's immediately behind. If you go, if you go up uh, Terrascan right now by the skateboard park and look over, you can see where that road. <laughs> it looks like a driveway entrance to me. Yeah. But that's where the road is. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, it is. It's not a. Are big you going to make it a one way? You know, that's not very wide. But they don't have a lot of space to work no. with. No. Um, John Carson says, "Pete, quote, get off of my grass, kneeled." <laughs> so that's going to be your new nickname. Be like, oh, Grandpa. Simpson. I never said that. <laughs> and um, Yuri Boland says, "Capexo for the outpost, aka the Poway tar pits." 
Um, yeah, like the big dig, you know, like in uh, in, in uh, Boston. I was told that was not going to be a problem. He, I brought that up to city council. You predicted it right here on the podcast. You said they were going to hit water. It was going to be trouble. Your 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 engineering and scientific background. You knew uh, it was going to happen. That's lucky, I guess. So, do you think they're? I mean, what's going to happen then? They have to get new financing. You got to find investors to carry them through the task. But I drove by there a few days ago, and there's a sign like on the fence that says "financing provided by." You know, I don't know if it was well, a bank they or did. it was. Maybe they found their financing, but they're going to need to do something. They got to do something. So right now, it's just a mess down there. And well, it's delayed. It is delayed. And therefore, we're looking at construction for an extended period of right. time. So and is that a mess? Some people call it a mess. Some people say, that'll get it done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I think... Um, what did Yuri respond to with that one? Um, <laughs> John Carson says, sounding like an old um, an old head Republican to me, Pete. So, I don't know. Well, you know, let's, let's, let's go to that spot. Let's cover that for a second. I have always said that I'm a Jeffersonian Republican. Yeah, you have. You've, I remember you commenting on right. that. So am I somewhat a little bit conservative because there's a tinge of that in Republican? Yeah, probably that's about it. What's a Jeffersonian Republican? It's the original Republican Party. It was by Thomas Jefferson. Okay. It is a conservative party. All right, but we're not going to be unreasonable with things that are for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right. Okay. So a Jeffersonian Republican is not a Trump Republican. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. All right. Yeah. So to build a separation between what the Republican Party was and is becoming is a radical turn away from Jeffersonian Republican. Correct. All right. So I'm a yeah. Jeffersonian Republican. But back then, the I Democrat, think— The Democratic Party was not too pleased with me when I had to pick one, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they wanted me to go along with their programs. I said, no, I can't endorse your programs. Right. You know, so, yeah, they didn't like endorsing me as a Democrat just because I'd be in opposition to— City council is not a political party orientation. I'm a Poway dude. Right. All right? If you want to label me Republican, have a ball. I don't give a damn because I live in Poway. Well, local politics, we like to think of it as nonpartisan. But when you get into the machinations of the way these campaigns work, mm-hmm. the parties are very involved in promoting their oh, team, yeah. even at the local level for city council and mayor and school board. Yeah. The, the political parties play a big role. No, I, I know they do. I mean, I I went through that. Yeah. I didn't spend anything more than what I was legally able to without any donations whatsoever in the last. And I had my head handed to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm hoping the next time around, I again, I'm not going to spend anything on my damn campaign. We should have a separation between money and politics. Right. All right. I'm in Calypso, folks. <laughs> Stop and talk to me. <laughs> a couple more comments here. Um, 
This uh, from John Carson. The hole is the Parks and Rec pit. <laughs> John Carson, a little my ass. Uh, Yuri Boland says uh, Poway Irrigation being the last tenant should have been a clue. The last tenant of that land where the where the big dig is. Nah, the, the fact that they're building it on top of rattle where Rattlesnake Creek. There's a junction between two of the creeks that run through. First of all, let's go back. Where's Mary Shepherdson when I need her? <laughs> Poway, Pagway, where the valley ends. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where the valley ends is a whole bunch of creeks that come running down into a central area. Okay, we have about four or five of them that all converge about the same area. That one where they were putting that place was Rattlesnake Creek plus the other one coming down from North Poway, North of Poway Road. You got water there. <laughs> It's plain as the nose on your face. Yeah. And they completely ignored it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they should have known. They should have known. Yeah. Should have known. But I think maybe they thought they had a plan, but it, well, obviously they ran into a lot of trouble yeah. when they were digging that hole. Yeah. Um, I remember on living on Hill Country Drive, which was a road that they put up the slope over there. Where the South Poway Industrial Park is now. Yeah. It was a, a good-sized grade. And they chopped off the top of the grade, and they bulldozed it over. So the the houses, as you were looking east, the houses on the right-hand side of the street were built on fill. Mm. The houses on the left, they were, people had, had scraped it away, and they built the homes there. Okay. The contractor the, the eventually had to buy the first three homes back from the owners because the f- chimneys were pulling away from the houses yeah. because the foundation was sagging. Right. Our, our soil in Poway is not stable. Hmm. All right. It's got water running through it. It's going to move. You try to do anything with it, it's going to tip. And, that's and they should of, know that. That's part of why there's all that silt that's been going down into the lagoon in Penasquitos, right? I think it's probably because clean of, that up. Yeah, you're right. Millions of dollars. Yeah. But I think you were talking about that. Like some of the roads, um, roughly speaking, um, near Pomerado Poway Road, but like south, mm-hmm. there were some places where yeah, the chimney is peeling off right. from the foundation. Yeah. Um, you know, I I got a problem in my place. I should, my gas line to my pool heater keeps rusting out. Why? Because... My house happens to sit on top of the sandstone of what builds the palisades. That, uh. that the palisades, there's a huge sandstone ledge there. Right. Well, the rain goes through the soil. People watering their lawns goes through the soil, gets to the sandstone, and it starts running. Uh. So I got water running underneath my house right now. It's rusting my gas line out. I don't know how I'm going to heat the damn pool now. Wow. But, you know, it's Poway, where the turf meets (laughs) the the dirt. dirt. (laughs) A couple more comments here. Uh, John Carson says, tell me who founded the Republican Party. 
I think Jefferson founded what was it called the Republican Jeffersonian Republican. But there was one. Was it the Republican Democrats or the Democrat Republicans with a dash? That's the mishmash. And I don't remember. But I read up on Jeffersonian Republican because he that's his doctrine. The way Thomas Jefferson thinks is the way I think. Right. Yeah. And he's the the primary author of the declaration. Right. Can't mess with the guy that wrote it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I think the, 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 the current Republican Party, I think, started, was it in 1856 or 1860? Um, uh, right, they claim they claiming on to Lincoln like there's no tomorrow. Well, he was the first Republican president. Yeah, yeah. Why do they grab a hold of that guy when he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on down here, a couple more comments. Uh, John Carson says, "Per my math, Jefferson died 30 years before the Republican Party was formed." <sighs> I think we just kind of went over that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, John says, John, I have to drop Classic Rock Podcast soon. I'll bring a few of my favorite vinyl, fully vaccinated. Um, Yeah, right on, John Carson. I'd love to do that with you. That'd be a fun time. And then John says 1854. So that must be when the current iteration of the Republican Party was formed. Right. So, okay. Well, there's a politics which I don't care for. No, <laughs> you know it, it's it's theater in a many so many ways. Right. Um, let's just have. Let's start with Poway. <laughs> Get it so the people, most of the people. We're not going to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. The people who want to have tall buildings probably not going to be happy because this is a residential community. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. Going to be residential. Well, I'll tell you what. I hope you run again in 2022. And um, I'll have my head handed to me again. <laughs> but I think it's it's a great it's a great thing when you're out there mm-hmm. because you're offering a point of view that maybe no, the other candidates no, are not. I that's the one thing. I don't want to issue a point of view. I want to listen. Uh, excuse me. You're right. You're you're right. Your strategy is the opposite. Is the opposite. You I want, want to listen to yeah. what the people tell me, do the analysis, find out statistically where we're at. Okay. Yeah. And what district one with an eyeball to district four, because mm-hmm. they've made that the issue, the borderline between district one and district four is Poway Road. Right. District two on the other side. And the other one is Van Dam Peak. Mm-hmm. That influences District One. Correct. There are issues on the table. I want to know what the people in District One want to do, how they feel, and that's the decisions I will take to the city council meeting. It won't be my opinion. Mm. It'll be the statistical opinion. I'm going to tell people. We got an issue here because we got fifty percent of the people who are in favor, and we got fifty percent of the people who were against it. All right, I will talk to them. Let's educate them and see if you can change that at least to a sixty forty, preferably a seventy thirty. Right. All right. But if they're not going to budge, then we have to make compromises here on whatever it is you want to do that you broke brought to the mm-hmm. city council. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should operate. Yeah. That's true representation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 
It's a representative government. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Isn't it? It is. But to your earlier point, you know, so many people are not tuned in. They don't really know. And frankly, a lot of them don't really care. Um, so that makes it even harder to be a representative of the people. Yeah. I've talked about this before, is that we should have neighborhood groups. The people on Butterwood Court are just as friendly with the three cul-de-sacs that form the candy cane lanes. Mm-hmm. We talk amongst each other. We we talk about candy cane. We talk about Christmas time. Yeah, for sure. We can certainly get that neighborhood to feed to their city councilmen how they feel about certain issues. It's just the same responsibility for me as a city council member to say, you're not going to believe what they're wanting to do now. <laughs> yeah. All right. And let them, you know, read about it, find out, mm-hmm. give me your feelings. We need, they call it transparency. No, I got to be a town crier. I got to find out what's coming down the pipe and get it out to the people in their faces. You don't have to go on the internet. You just got to read the email I send you. Right, right. All right? And if you don't read your email, then sorry. I wasn't able to help you. I do hope you run because I think that approach, I think, is a very healthy approach. And I think um, it solicits the most input as possible from the people. And it's a differentiating point for you compared to the other candidates that may be running. So um, I know that's a big decision, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to make a decision for a while, but I I hope you do. I hope you do run. Well, like I said, I'm leaning that way right now, but um, things happen. Yeah, totally. I get it. Life throws you some curveballs, like your tires may not be all that sharp, and you know, you got to— You build all these expectations (laughs) up to do something, and then you get there, and you find out, oh, that didn't work out quite as planned. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what we're doing in Poway itself. Yeah. Yeah. This didn't work out exactly the way we had planned. Well, I think once the final version is done, I think it's going to be an improvement over the mess of the construction. Yeah. The question is, is how much of an improvement that'll be. Yeah. And and will it be net positive compared to what was there previously? Um, I'm curious to find out. You know, the place they've just finished on Oakno and Pomerado. Oh, yeah, the Villa, Villa de la Vida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, they did a nice job with that. Yeah. They did a very nice job with that. I hope it is very... We, we certainly need to help those people. Well, We have to have a place for them to live. Yeah. With the proper kind of care available. Yeah, yeah that, so. that, that project has widespread support um, and... It's kind of tucked away, you know, so it's not on the main road of Poway. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think everyone's hopeful that's going to be a big success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big stone lodge. I, God, I got to protect the big stone lodge. Yeah. You know, Chris Cruz. District four, it's not my district. But, but Chris Cruz talks about that a lot, how it's, you know, a floodplain. Mm-hmm. And so to build there, I mean, they would have to bring in a lot mm-hmm. of fill and it, it, it just leave that alone. Yeah. Um, hopefully they can turn the Big Stone Lodge into something of a historical site. I think that but you, it, that's what it is. It's a yeah. stage top. But even but they they can remove a lot of the you know 
the yeah. old, you know, corrugated roof and, you know, some of the stuff that needs to be stripped away. Right. But but if there are only the bones left of the of the building, that would still be kind of cool. Um, almost like a, a Greek ruin, you know, yeah. but in Poway. Yeah. Um, so all good. All right. Well, we, we've covered a lot. Yep. And we've gone, wow, two hours, right? About oh, a, shoot. I'm up there with the rest of them now. No, it's okay. But I know you enjoy it. Pete, thank you. All right. Thank now, you. There's, I want to do the Mike Smith one. For sure. Okay. That's a big one. Yeah. And that's huge to me. And a, yeah, that's huge. I'm not going to go any further with that right okay, now. Okay. But now, now I just got to get a third microphone like this. Mm-hmm. And then we can kind of all huddle around here. And I think we can have a really good conversation. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's let's schedule that. All right. Okay. And then we've got to do the, the second podcast. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, talk a little bit about your days in the Navy and one of your leaders that you respect so much. Yep. So um, we'll try to get that one organized as well. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and then I've, I've, I've gone full circle then with you. I've, I'll have covered everything I want to cover in a podcast. You, yeah. Those two will complete the mission. Okay. I look forward to that. All right. Yeah. P- Pete, thank you very much. Yuri, thank you very much. You are a very helpful guy. Uh, I'm sorry I yelled at you in the store <laughs> the other night, but please do something about 24-hour pharmacy care for the people of Poway. We do not want to go to Mira Mesa. Well, Yuri says... Uh, by the people, for the people, elected officials are supposed to represent the people. That is clearly not what is happening in Poway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up. All right. I, it's easily done in my half. Okay. We'll see you later, friends. I just turn the TV off. All right. <laughs> I'll be back Monday at 2 o'clock. Take care. Bye-bye.